Welcome to the Life in Deep Ellen podcast, exploring the sacred in art, faith, and community. What do you say when someone asks you where you're from? Did I hear? I heard something over here. Texas, Texas right? We're in Texas. Um, I'm an Arkansan that's been converted to Texas, so I feel that. When someone asks me where, when someone asks me where I'm from, I say Arkansas, and I could tell them about calling the hogs. Um, I could tell them about how beautiful the nature is, and it's. I kind of have a mix of feelings when someone asks me where I'm from. It's a mix of pride and kind of qualifications. Like he said, uh, you don't quite know where that person is coming from, and you don't know what assumptions they have about your place of origin. Sometimes people will jokingly say, oh, so did you grow up wearing shoes, if I say I'm from Arkansas? And so I feel the need to qualify and say, yes, I sound Southern, yes, I'm from the state of Arkansas, but I do wear shoes, and I am educated, And so maybe you can relate to this. When someone asks you about your hometown or where you come from, there's a mixture of inside you. You want to be seen. You want to be understood. You don't want to be reduced to one stereotype or one idea of your place of origin. So how we ask these questions really matters too. Because where we come from is connected to our identity. We posted a picture of Aaron Stanfield on Instagram to shout him out as a covenant partner. And it really struck me that another covenant partner, Bianca, said, don't forget that he's from Fort Worth and he'll tell you about being from Fort Worth. This is one example of just how tied our uh, our, home, our roots can be to a sense of who we are. And we have to be careful when asking questions about where someone's from because our curiosity matters. It's one way that we show we care. Have you also noticed, too, that it's okay when, when you criticize your hometown, but if someone else starts to criticize your hometown, you feel some type of way. Hang on just a minute. We can make fun of Arkansas, but hey, I, I want to help control the narrative, right? Again, it's, it's important that we treat these conversations with care, with diligence, with a true holy curiosity that genuinely wants to learn and is willing to share. Questions are holy. And curiosity is a key ingredient of our faith. As I talk to our younger friends today, staying curious is so important. And if we've lost our curiosity in our faith, then our faith is dying. Staying curious about each other, about the Bible, about Jesus, this is what keeps our faith alive. It's what keeps it fresh and living when we are honest about our questions, when we take the time to ask and learn more, when we have a humble posture 
and don't fall into the sins of certainty as uh, Peter Inns talks about where we feel like we already know all the answers so we don't really need to ask questions. No, 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 our curiosity is what keeps our faith alive. So Nathaniel is one of Jesus' first disciples and he has a, a good question, right? Nathaniel, according to the Gospel of John, is honest and open which is a wonderful combination when dealing with Jesus. You want to be honest, and you also want to be open to having your mind changed. You are speaking with Jesus, after all. So in the Gospel of John, we have in the first chapter, verse 43, this is when Jesus is just getting started, and he's finding his first disciples. And so I'm going to begin in in verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, where did you come to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. There's a few things we can really notice about this story. First of all, it's a lot of questions responding with more questions. Or with this phrase, come and see. Notice that Philip doesn't rebuke Nathaniel for his honest, doubting questions, his skepticism. He doesn't reduce him to this one statement that he's made. He doesn't assume that Nathaniel's heart is closed off. Instead, he simply says, come and see. This is a faithful response. We don't have to have every response be perfectly made with all of our answers given. We can simply say, come and see. When Jesus sees Nathaniel, Nathaniel asks him, where did you come to know me? Another question. See how part of loving Jesus is asking questions, and hearing questions asked. This is the holy curiosity that Jesus calls us to. Jesus wants to get to know us, and Jesus wants us to get to know him. And this requires that mutual curiosity. Nathaniel has assumptions about Jesus' hometown. 
second. Anything good come from Nazareth? Turns out the good news itself comes from Nazareth. Questions, when asked with sincerity, allow us to understand Jesus more and deepen our relationship to Christ. Our assumptions get questioned. We have to unlearn things that we thought we were sure of. Because a conversation with Jesus is transforming. And it's not just relegated to a book that's from a long, long time ago. Jesus is still seeking this connection with us. Still ready to receive our questions. And still ready to get to know us and see us. Notice that Jesus says, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. It's then when Nathanael feels seen that he says, Rabbi, you are the son of God. Because sometimes you see being seen by God allows us to see God more clearly. It's all part of this mutual relationship. We ask questions. We feel seen. We feel like we can see others more clearly. And then the process continues. But the good news is that Jesus helps us to question our assumptions. And Jesus helps us to know what God is really like. Tradition says that truth lives in temples, but God says that truth walks even the dusty roads of Nazareth. Tradition may say that Jesus lives in proper, tidy, neat churches with manicured lawns, but, Jesus, but God and Jesus says that Jesus lives in deep Ellum. In unexpected places. You see, God can't be contained to the places we think God must dwell. And our questions help us to grow in our faith and our understanding. They deepen our relationship with Jesus. Another important thing to note is that sometimes... Our actions precede our understanding. Here's what I mean by that. The disciples follow Jesus before they fully understand who he is, right? When the very first disciples are talking with John the Baptist, and they, John says, here is the Lamb of God. The two, these first two disciples follow him. They don't have it all figured out but they're willing to follow him. You see, sometimes we just get started in our actions and our belief and our faith and our understanding catches up with our journey. We don't have to understand everything about who Jesus is to be willing to say yes to following him. Here I am, Lord. I don't know exactly where you're headed, but I'm willing to go on an adventure with you. This is what being a disciple is like. 
Because it's only after the disciples spend more time with him that they fully start to understand his identity, that he is the Messiah. At first, they're just like, Rabbi, I'm willing to follow you. But he quickly becomes more than just a teacher to them. But they had to take the first step. So let's remember that Sometimes it's just about taking the first step. Sometimes it's about asking questions with sincerity. Sometimes it's about saying to Jesus, I don't fully get it, but I love you and I want to know you better. These honest, sincere questions are pleasing to the heart of God. God is ready for our questions because God longs to have relationship with us. So let's ask others about where they're from. But let's do so with less judgment and more curiosity, more willingness to learn. Because we might learn more about Jesus when we learn more about others. Our own story becomes richer when we hear the stories of others. And let's be willing to be proven wrong about what parts of town are good for a savior. Nathaniel thought there's no way in heck that anything good is coming out of Nazareth. And I know with a lot of the recent news articles, a lot of people would say the same about Deep Ellum. There's no way in heck that something good is coming out of Deep Ellum. These assumptions and these stereotypes, these narratives, they don't serve who Jesus is. Let's remember that Jesus sees us. And therefore, we can better see each other. Because Jesus is God. If we want to understand God, we can turn to scripture to understand Jesus. If we want to love God, we can do our best to follow Jesus. And if we want answers from God, we can ask our questions to Jesus. But we need to be prepared for him to say to us, put down your notepad and your pen, rest your analytical mind, come and see. Thanks be to God. Amen.